I want to know who are the people in your life that are most important to you. Think about it. And if you had to only pick a few people in your life, these are the most important people to me right now. You might say your best friends. Maybe you'd say uh, the people that you're close to at school. Maybe you'd say a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Like if you had to say who are the most important people, you got a few of those. Hopefully you have some good friends that are very important to you. Maybe you have siblings that are important to you and things like that. Um, but I, I think the Bible actually does give an answer to that, especially for people who are still living at home. The Bible actually does give an answer who the most important people in your life are, humanly speaking, right? Who are the most important human relationships? The Bible would say that it's your parents. Now, that might not be the people that you put at the top of your list right now, but the scriptures talk about your parents as if these are the most important people in your life right now. There will come a day where you'll have people that are more important than your parents to you. We talked about that in Ephesians 5 where God says um, there's going to come a time where you're going to leave your father and mother you're going to hold fast to your wife, and the two will become one flesh. It's going to come a time where you know, you're going to have a marriage relationship probably, and that's going to be the most important human relationship. But until then, and especially for high school students, the right answer, if we could give the right answer to that question, is actually your mom and dad. Now, what we're going to talk about today is something that you've probably heard before. The passage we're going to look at is one that you've probably memorized. Maybe you've heard your parents quote it to you. It's a parent's favorite verse to tell their kids. Because it's all about this. How should you as a kid relate to your parent? And before you object and you say, I'm not a kid, let's talk about what this means together. So open up to your Bibles in Ephesians chapter 6 and let's look at this together. Remember, the main command of this section has been be filled by the Spirit. And because you're filled by the Spirit, you're, there's going to be this mutual submission. That was in uh, chapter 5, verse 21, saying Christians are going to relate to each other in a, in a good way. So like if you were to dissect it into the relationships of husband and wife, well, what are they going to do? Well, he said, hey, wives are going to submit to their husbands. Husbands are going to love their wives. Right? Now he's going to transition to talk about two different groups of people in the church. The problem is we can look at this and say, okay, there's two groups. Maybe half the sermon should go to one and half the sermon should go to the other. The problem is all of you fit into category A and none of you fit into category B. So we're going to spend most of our time talking about category A. Check it out right here in our Bibles. It says children... Which, again, you might object, you might say, I'm not a child. Well, I agree, you're not a child. But in this section, because you're not a father or mother, because you still live at home, you, do, you should consider yourself a kid, even if you wouldn't identify as that, right? You don't say, oh, I'm a kid. Well, um, Scripture says, before you leave your father and mother, I guess that's when you really um, take on adulthood. So he says, children, so that's you, identify that as yourself. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. See why I said that this is a verse that parents like to quote to their kids? Like, hey, the Bible says it. Listen to what I say. Obey me in the Lord, right? Remember, when you're reading the book of Ephesians, or the book of 1 Corinthians, or a lot of these New Testament books, when you see the phrase, the Lord, sometimes you generically think that just means God or a you know, general term for God. It's actually a specific term. Lord means boss or master, and it's actually a term that's mostly used of Jesus. So when you read this, it might sound different to your ears to read it like this. Hey, children or high school students, you need to obey your parents in Christ because it's the right thing to do. For this is right. Uh, what does that mean? It's right. Well, that means it's right. <laughs> it also means it's self-evident, right? Like you don't need a Bible to tell you this. You could go to any culture at any time and generally they're going to do this, 
Kids should listen to their parents. That's just the right thing to do. It's good for their health. It's good for their safety. It's good for their development. It's good for their everything. You just listen to your parents, especially when they're little kids. It's very important. Self-evident. It's right. Then he quotes something. Look at verse number two. There's quotation marks here because he's recalling something that was said in the Old Testament, the Ten Commandments. Commandment number five says, honor your father and your mother. That comes from Exodus 20, verse 12, where God told these Israelites, you need to make sure that for your whole life, you need to show a a respect and an honor and a reverence for your parents. What about when you're in high school? Yeah, included when you're in high school. What about when you're in college? Yep, that's included. What about when you're married and you live across the country from your parents? Still included. Honor your father and mother. What does that mean? It means as even an adult, which remember that command was not given to little kids. That command was given to adults. The command is, you need to make sure you show a level of respect for your parents that's appropriate for them, even if you're an adult. He says in parentheses, this is the first commandment with a promise. God's word connects a specific promise to obedience and honor to parents. Look what it is. Verse number three says it. Quote, that it may go well with you, translation is, that your life will be better. Obeying, honoring, submitting, respecting your parents. How is that connected with how my life goes? Well, God says it is connected with the success and failure of your life, with the quality of life, with the relationships you have, and frankly, with the way that God handles you as a person, related to how you respect and honor your parents, even if you're an adult. That it may go well with you, and that you may live long in the land. Now, if you know your Bibles, you know there was the promise, the Ten Commandments, and then they're repeated at the end of 40 years in the book of Deuteronomy to this new generation of Israelites who are going to go in the land. And the book of Deuteronomy is full of promises like this. If you do this, things will go well with you when you're in the land. Because they're about to go into their, their new promised land. Right? Be similar to saying, you know, this, things are going to go well with you once you leave the house. And once you move to the next stage. That was how they originally heard it. But God has these specific commands for these Israelites. And you might be a, a knowledgeable Bible person who puts on your hermeneutical hat, your historic grammatical hermeneutic. And you'd say, well, Paul, that's to the Israelites. That's not to you. Well, Paul takes it, brings it the New Testament, and says, no, it actually is for you. You actually do have some promise connected to obedience to parents. He quotes it as if he's saying, hey, shouldn't you know if you're a kid in Ephesus or you're a high school student in Orange County, you know you need to honor your father and mother and you know that God makes your life better when you honor your parents? And if you don't believe that, think about the opposite. How does your life change? How does your life hurt when you dishonor your parents? Or for you, you disobey them and you go against their rules and they say, come home by 10. You say, I'll come home at 11. Right? And then there's consequences. And they say, I don't like the consequences. I'm going to do whatever I want. Right? Try that for five or six steps. How, how bad does it get and how fast does it get? Right? That varies based on how strict your parents are. But at some level, your life will become a lot worse if you disobey your parents. And if you've got good parents, they'll make sure your life gets a lot worse. So if you don't believe that text, there's just one modern proof for it. He says, kids, children, high school students, obey your parents. Then he transitions. What's the next verse? Next verse is talking to a different group of people in the church. The fathers. So he just talked to wives. He just talked to husbands. He talked to children. He's talking to fathers now. Husbands and wives concluded, but really he's talking to the dads here. Dads, don't provoke your children to anger. What does that mean? I think Paul's telling them, you got to be a good dad and he's going to say the good things he's supposed to do. 
But make sure that as a dad, you're not unreasonable, impossible to please. Make sure you're not neglecting your kids. Make sure you're not any of those bad things. Because like, that would really make your kids angry in an unjust way. Like, that's, a, that's a sinful thing. So he tells dads, you can sin in the way you treat your kids. Which, by the way, was completely unheard of to that culture. If you were in the empire of Rome and you were a citizen, you had certain rights that actually allowed you to do anything you wanted with your kids and you were legally protected to do so. You were legally protected to kill your children. Seriously, there's this uh, common practice called exposure, which, uh, you know, that's a nice way of putting it. If the baby didn't look the way the parents wanted the baby to look or the baby wasn't the gender the, the parents wanted, what they'd often do is they'd take these babies and they'd put them outside the cities and they would just leave them and most of them would die. And there were some Christians in the early church that actually made it their mission to go save as many of those babies as they could. But that was common. And guess what? Legally protected. There's, there's writings, ancient writings, of people at this time who are like writing back to their wives and like big important politicians and statesmen who are like, hey, I hope you get another child. I think you're pregnant right now. Uh, if it's a boy, keep it. If it's a girl, expose it. Or if a child was mutilated, they would often drown the kids. If there was any problems, they would, they, this was very common. And if you were poor, it was legal for you to sell your kids into slavery for a certain amount of money or to sell your daughters into prostitution. And that's what was going on in this culture. So I say all that because times have changed. In fact, the world has become a lot more Christianized. You don't even realize it, that God's word has infected our culture in some good ways. That, that's, that sounds like crazy today. But he tells dads, you got to treat your kids right. That's not what the culture said. The culture said, you can treat your kids however you want. You can sell them to be slaves or prostitutes. You can sell them. You can kill them. You can do whatever you want. They actually had legal protection under Roman law to do so. He says, no, you don't actually. Because under God's law, you need to make sure that even the way you treat your kids and their hearts don't provoke them to anger. And he says, here's what you should do, fathers. Bring them up, which is the same word from the last chapter, nourish. Right? Uh, it means to, to care for, right? bring them up, care for them in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Discipline is the Greek word that comes from the word child, so like child raising, to, to raise a kid. Discipline looked like setting boundaries, correcting kids when they go wrong. Like I have to correct my daughter all the time, uh, not because she's not cute, not because she's not nice, but because she climbs on things all the time. Like uh, there's this little ottoman thing that she climbs up on all the time. It's like there's this rocking chair in her room and she climbs on the ottoman thing and it's so unstable. The moment she gets on it, she'll like put her hands up like this, like she's surfing. Um, and there have been times she just like does that for a little bit and then falls off, boom, hits head and then is crying. So all the time we're like, hey, Eden, get off that. Eden, stop that. Uh, we're correcting her. We're saying, no, these are the boundaries. Don't do it. So he says, Christian fathers need to do the same thing. Set the boundaries, keep the boundaries, enforce the boundaries, and even punish when the boundaries are not kept. That's discipline. Instruction is different. That's the word nutheteo, which actually is the word for encouragement in the New Testament, which means to spur on. Like, use your words, fathers, to encourage your kids to do what's right. Be affirming when you can be affirming. Be corrective when you need to be corrective. But in the whole process, be someone who's instructing them to do what's right. That's the commandment for fathers and mothers, but particularly for fathers here. So he talks to these two groups in the church. That's why this sermon's about you and your parents. Right? One day you're going to be a parent, right? and you can read this text, and you're going to read it in a completely different way when you're a parent. 
But I want to focus on this morning. What does it look like to honor your father and mother? What does the word obedience mean? Because if I'm a kid and I'm a child and I want to obey God and I'm still under my parents' authority, that means I need to obey them. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. Okay, a couple things here. Point number one, um, the word obedience literally means to listen under. So here's how I put it. Point number one, listen to your parents and do what they say. That's obedience. Listen to them and do what they say. Upotasso, under and then hear. You should listen with the intent of saying, I want to do what they say. Conscious listening. If I asked you, uh, do you obey your parents? Like, yeah, 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 pretty much. If I asked you, do you listen to your parents? Like when your mom's talking to you, do you listen? Well, for the most part, you probably, yeah. Uh, do you listen to, you, to your dad when he has something to say to you? That's a little bit easier because your dads usually have less to say to you, right? And if they say it, it's like, yes, sir, right? It's like, oh, what? My dad had a rule for us when we were kids. Um, we didn't play very many video games, thankfully. Uh, we didn't really get into that. But when we did play video games, he, there was one time that we got kept playing when he walked in the room. And it was like this big discipline thing. Like, if I walk in the room and I talk to you, you pause the video game. It doesn't matter what's happening, right? Um, now, I, I guess if you're a freshman and you're playing video games still and your dad walks in, you should probably pause your game. That's not my point. That was when we were like 10. But for you, there is a very common thing sociologically that happens all the time. Um, kids don't listen to their parents. Kids oftentimes don't look up from their phones to look their parents in the eye when they're being talked to. I want to challenge you if this text says, children, obey your parents and the Lord. And if obedience means listen with the intention of doing, practically speaking, you need to look up from your phone when your parents are talking to you every time. You need to stop what you're doing if it's at all possible. Direct your shoulders to them. Direct your face to them. Direct your eyes and your ears to your parents when they're speaking to you. You can't really be an obedient child without listening. And even if you're like, okay, I'm listening, but like give them the time of day. That's the kind of honor and respect you need to show your parents. Do you listen to your parents or do you blow them off? You know, this is hard, right? Usually with people's moms, right? Their mom has something to say and you're like, yeah, I know, I know. You ever caught yourself saying that? Your mom's, you know, giving you a talk and you're like, yeah, yeah okay. Or your dad's saying something for the 50th time. Like, okay, yep, I know, okay. I could finish the sentence, right? Um, Right. That happens. This is a real thing, okay? Listen with the intention of doing what they say. That's what obedience is. Some of you have a hard time doing this because you think that you're smarter than your parents or you think your parents don't understand you. Right? Uh, the text does not say, obey your parents insofar as they understand you. It doesn't, say, it doesn't even say, children, obey your parents insofar as they don't provoke you to anger. Some of your parents might be failing at this command. You're not exempt from obeying this, just like the wives are not exempt from obeying the command to submit to their husbands, even if their husband wasn't a great guy. Just like the husbands were not exempt from the command to love their wives, even if their wife nagged them all the time, or was brutal or mean, something like that. Still, love your wife as Christ loved the church. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Some of you think your parents don't understand you, that they're not as smart as you. A lot of that's not true. I could spend some time saying, eh, it's probably not true. Your parents, they got more wisdom than you think, and that is true, so I hope you know that. But I want to tell you about an example. There was a person who was so much smarter than his parents. 
There was a person who knew more about himself and about others, much more than his parents did. There's a person who is sinless, never sinned, never did what was wrong when his parents were sinful. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm talking about Jesus. And you say, well, how did Jesus interact with his parents? That's a great question. Do you know that the Bible makes it explicitly clear how Jesus interacted with his parents? I love that Luke included this because I think without this, we might rationalize and say, I bet Jesus didn't listen to his parents. I bet, you know, maybe he gave him respect, but like he was right about everything. He couldn't have like submitted to them or obeyed them. Listen to Luke 2, 51. Listen to what the gospel says. And when he went down with them and came to Nazareth, so after the whole temple incident when he was 12 years old, he came to Nazareth and was submissive to them, which is the same word that we have in our text, hupotasso, obedient. He was obedient to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Right? So she took joy in his obedience. But do you, have you ever thought about that, that Jesus listened to his parents and obeyed them and submitted to them? And who's smarter? Who's better? Like, Jesus was. You have no excuse. That's my point. Jesus takes away all excuse any of us have to not be obedient to our fathers and mothers because he was obedient to his mother and his earthly father even though he knew better. We don't have that excuse. If you're a person who ignores your parents and their wisdom, if some of them give you great wisdom and then you ignore it because you, you, know, you don't want to do what they say, you want to figure things out on your own, um, the Bible has a word for that, to ignore your father's instruction. Proverbs 15 verse 5 says, that person's a fool. Fool, moron, idiot, right? Use your, you know, whatever your favorite word is for that. Um, the Bible uses the word fool, which is a strong word. It says a fool despises his father's instruction. A high school student, a guy who's an idiot, doesn't listen to his mom and dad. A girl who's in high school who's a moron doesn't listen to her mom and dad. That's the word fool. I know that's like, well, are you talking about me, right? Well, I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. Do you ignore your parents' instruction? Do you despise it? Despise means to look down on, to treat it like it's nothing. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like, if those words ever come out of your mouth to your parents, you don't know what you're talking about? The fool despises his father's instructions. But whoever heeds reproof, if someone corrects you, is prudent. Even if that reproof is not completely right. Even if that reproof comes from a bad place, you're still wise to listen to reproof. My point in, in saying all this is, the text says, obey your parents in the Lord. So in Christ, as a Christian, right? This is in the realm of a spiritual thing. We don't think, we think obedience to parents, that's like a, that's a natural earthly thing. And then like what I do at church and I sing songs and I pray, like that's my spiritual stuff. Paul says, you need to obey your parents in Jesus. It's a spiritual, that's a Jesus type thing. Like that's a spiritual thing, it's a Christian thing. You gotta do it in him for this is right. My point is, you need to obey your parents just because they're your parents. And if you have a problem with that, right, well, what gives them the authority to tell me what to do? Can I tell you who gives them the authority to tell you what to do? This text says Jesus does, in the Lord. Jesus, okay, who, you know, that'd be funny if you told your parents, well, who gives you the right to tell me what to do? And they said, well, Jesus does. Probably freak you out, like, oh, Really? Yes, this is what the text says. In the Lord, in Christ, God gives them the authority. God chose them. Right? You understand how God operates. God chose your parents to be your parents. Even if you wish that he chose other parents to be your parents, he chose whoever your parents are to be your parents. This is all part of his plan. 
So who chose? Oh, God chose. Just like Romans 13 says, God gives a certain level of authority to the government. God gives a certain level of authority to parents. In that text, it says to institute laws that are just. And for parents, they should institute rules that are just. And I guess the only exception to obedience to your parents in the Lord is if they're telling you to do something that's incompatible with being in the Lord. That's, that's our only excuse to not obey, is if they're telling me to sin right now. If they're telling me to do something wrong. If they're telling me to dishonor God, that would be your only out to obedience. But other than that, it's do what they say. Listen and do what they say. This kind of obedience is not just about you doing what they say, which is hard enough sometimes. But the text when it says in verse 2, honor your father and mother, many people have noted that the word obedience has to do with like our actions or like our activities, right? That's what we do. Obedience is taking out the trash. Honor is taking out the trash with respect for our parents in our tone and our attitude. It's like the heart behind it. So honor your father and mother takes us beyond just doing what they say to we better have a respect and a reverence for our parents. Why? Because they've earned it? Not even because they earned it. Some of your parents have, some of your parents haven't. They ha- some of you guys got parents, they haven't earned it. Do you still need to honor them? Text says you honor them because God put them above you. Point number two, develop a deep and lifelong respect for your parents. Develop a deep and lifelong respect for your parents. You might say, where do you get lifelong? Well, I get lifelong from the original context of Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy chapter 5, which is where this comes from. It was supposed to be for life. If you're thinking, man, does that get harder when you get older? I, I think it gets actually harder the older you get. It can be hard if you've got uh, Christians and non-Christians in a family. How do you honor? Right? It gets very difficult. Ask your, parent, or ask your uh, you know, leaders who are married or ask your parents, how hard is it for you to honor grandma and grandpa? If you've got Christian parents, they might tell you, yeah, we, we try. It's hard to do, though, but we're, we're trying our best. Uh, honor, the disposition, it's the heart attitude, it's the reverence, it's the respect. One thing that's helpful I think for developing your respect for your parents, maybe this is an exercise you haven't done in a while. Maybe you did it when you were eight years old on Thanksgiving. You made like a big list of all the things you're thankful for. And it's like, I'm thankful for mom, for her hugs, and dad because he pays for stuff. And, you know, you made a little list like that. But when's the last time you thought about all that your parents have done for you? Um, the, The pregnancy pain and the throwing up morning after morning that your mom went through when she was pregnant with you and the birth of the c-section that she had and the stitches that had to heal and the eight weeks of heal would you have you thought about that i mean probably not right right now a long time um you thought about the dirty diapers and the sleepless nights the dirty diapers that stink and you gotta put the dirty diapers somewhere else i'm speaking from a little experience uh you thought about the love and patience that they've given you? Yeah, they've probably not been perfect, but have you thought about how patient they've been with you when you were a little kid and you always made the same mistakes over and over again, but they loved you, they're patient with you? Have you thought about the words of encouragement that they gave you maybe when you were a little kid? Maybe you haven't heard as much anymore, but have you thought about that and thought you haven't, again, not to say that you wouldn't be as good of a parent as your parents. Some, some of you might be much better parents than your parents are. But even if your parents are not Christians, even if they um, feel like your opponent at times, it would be helpful for you to develop a respect by thinking about what they've done. You thought about the sacrifices that your dad has made 
or that your mom has made to work and to take care of you. Have you thought about how it's like, man, meal after meal, like now I got to pay for meals and you know, Chipotle raised their prices and oh man. Uh, but like when I was a kid, I never even thought about how much food was. I never even thought about gas in the car. I never even thought about it. Right? And come to find out, you live in this really nice place where everything costs a lot of money that your parents have sacrificed to give to you. You thought about the sports that they put you in and how boring it must have been to sit at your t-ball game and your soccer. and It just must have been so boring when you were little. Um, you're more fun to watch now, but like back then, like kicking the ball around with you and throwing the ball, I mean, that's just a lot of work. For what? For you. You thought about the money that some of them are prepared to spend right now for you to go to college somewhere, right? Oh, that's more money than you know how to make, right? That's scary, right? I think it's helpful for you just to step back and appreciate what your parents have done. That can help give you that lifelong respect that you need to have. There's a group of people at Jesus' time who were trying to get out of this command. In Matthew chapter 15, there was a group of Jews who said, you know what, whatever like my parents have given to me, they didn't really give it to me. It was like they gave it to God. So, you know, the Bible says to honor and respect them, but that doesn't mean I have to pay for them when they're old, does it? And Jesus confronts this group of people and he quotes the same passage. This is Matthew 15, three. Jesus answered them, why do you break the commandments of God for the sake of your tradition? For God commanded, honor your father and mother. And, quote, whoever reviles his father or mother must surely die. So Jesus starts quoting the Old Testament at these people. And he says, but you say, quote, this is, their, this is their quote, if anyone tells his father or his mother, what you've gained from me is given to God, he need not honor his father. For the sake of your tradition, Jesus says, you made void the words of God. These people did not want to take care of their aging parents. They didn't want to pay for, for their parents' stuff when they got old. And they're like, yeah, I mean... They should have just saved more. Or they, they, should, they can deal with it themselves. Jesus says, don't you understand that the Bible says honor your father and mother? Right? And I know this is maybe more for you leaders than it is for you kids, but do you understand that you're going to have to pay for all the stuff your parents are going to go through when they're old, the medical treatments and the cancer treatments, and you're going to have to go to the mortuary? You're going to have to figure out what to do with your parents' body, and you're going to have to pick the burial plot if they haven't already done that, and you're going to have to take them, do all the things, and you're going to have to do their funeral, and you're going to have to buy all the flowers, and it's going to cost money. It's like a wedding, but in reverse because it's sad, and you're going to, you know, have to do all this stuff for your parents. I mean, you haven't thought about that in a while. Maybe you've never considered that, which is why some of us are so ready to get out of the house, and we think, I'm going to be done with my parents. You're not going to be done with your parents. You understand that? I don't care if you're getting married. You're not going to be done with your parents. Honor your father and mother. That's a lifelong thing. Book of Proverbs 28, 24 says, whoever robs his father or his mother and says, this is no transgression. I'm not sinning. It's, it's our family stuff. But you're robbing your father or mother. Some of you do this by taking the car when you're not supposed to and spending the gas when you're not supposed to and taking money out of their wallets that you're not supposed to. And you say, it's not transgressions. God's word says that man is a companion with a person who destroys things. Whoever steals from father or mother and acts like it's not a big deal. Listen to this, Exodus 21, 15. Whoever strikes his father or his mother shall be put to death. Right? In the Old Testament, in Israel, that was the command. Two verses later, Exodus 21, 17. Whoever curses his father or his mother shall be put to death. Maybe you haven't cursed your parents out, but maybe, maybe some of you have. 
Maybe some of you have said nasty things to your parents. You know, our, our world still has things that they treat like are the biggest sins. Like one of them is, you know, like hurting a child or abusing a child. And that is a huge sin, according to God's word. But the Bible is equally as clear for you as a child to curse your father or mother or strike your father or mother. It says you should be put to death. That's a kind of disrespect that can't happen. Cannot happen. If you're a Christian, cannot happen. Even if your parents have not earned your respect. And some of them haven't. I understand that. Proverbs 20, 20 says... If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. Just like the Bible is just over the top clear. Like, just don't do it. You're tempted to curse your father and mother? Don't do it. You're tempted to say nasty things about them? Don't do it. Not even in your anger. Hold yourself back. Even in your anger, many of you have never like hit your parents or punched your dad across the face or slapped your mom across the face. You, you might have been angry, but you've held yourself back from at least that point is here hold yourself back from cursing your father and mother proverbs 30 verse 17 says the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother right the idea is like the person who like looks down on their parents and says i'm not listening to you says that person's eye shall be plucked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by vultures your eyeball with your optic nerve and i don't know how detailed this is getting but like their eye is gonna and you're like oh yeah that sounds like a Sounds like an old thing. That's probably not, doesn't happen. Well, there are kids who uh, didn't listen to their father and mother who got into drugs and died of overdoses as teenagers. And that started with, you know, not obeying their father and mother and scorning and looking down on what their parents said. There's teenagers who've gotten drunk and wrapped their cars around poles and have died. And uh, where did that start? Well, not scorning your father and mother not obeying. Even if your parents are alcoholics, they probably don't want you drinking at 16, right? But some of you scorn what your parents have to say. And the Bible is just clear, like, do you understand what's coming? That's why back in our passage, it talks about how there's this promise that's related to obedience. The promise is that it will go well with you, that you'll live long in the land. Now, you got to think it through. Is Paul saying the people who lived the longest are the people who were most obedient, and the people who died the youngest are the people that weren't obedient? I don't think he's saying that in every case. This is one of those promises of God that's related like if you work hard, you're going to make money. Right? If you're generous, you'll be well taken care of. Right? It's one of those promises in Scripture that we see as a principle that works itself out in nature all the time. But for you, I think it would be wise, especially as a 16 or 17 or an 18-year-old who's about to leave the house, it would be wise for you to think about what does it look like for me to be respectful and what kind of, like, what do I have in this? God does tell you, you've got good in this if you obey your parents and you're respectful even as an adult. Point number three, I want you to be motivated by God's blessings for respectful kids. Be motivated by God's blessings for respectful kids. You could take that and flip it on its head and be motivated by God's curses for people who don't respect their parents, but I want you to think about the positive. You've seen this already. I mean, like, you already know how this works. Your, your parents said, don't eat too much junk food or you're going to be sick. Don't eat too much. And one time when you weren't around them and you did and you, it was like, it felt good at the time and then you were throwing up in your bathroom. Your pastor said, eat 25 hot dogs and you were throwing up. <laughs> Sorry. I really only wanted you guys to eat six and a quarter each, so 
blame your teammates for that. Maybe your parents have said stuff like, hey, you're not studying for this test. Hey, you're not studying. You know you're going to fail. And you're like, no, 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 no. And then guess what? Boom. They were right. You guys have seen this, right? You got your own examples of this. These Proverbs come true all the time. Listen to this proverb. Proverbs 4, verse 10 says, Hear, my son, and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. Right? There is some connection between listening to your parents and living a long life because you avoid some things. You avoid the bad habits that they try to keep you from. Right? Uh, let's say your parents say, Hey, don't smoke, don't smoke, don't smoke. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you start smoking. Smoking's addicted. You get addicted to smoking. Your life gets cut shorter. That's this proverb in action. Even if your parents smoke, or even if your parents drink, they say, oh, you shouldn't, though. You're like, yeah, you're a hypocrite. You know, you do it, but you're telling me not to do it. No, listen to the good things that they say. Even if they don't have a, you know, a leg to stand on because they're hypocritical in it, it's still better for you to listen to their good advice than for you to just push back and be like, ah, I don't want to listen to you. It happens all the time. You avoid the bad friends. You avoid the bad places. You avoid the bad habits. There's a certain level of danger that even my little tiny kids avoid because they listen to me. If my kids don't want to listen to me, yes, there is a high probability, especially with Eden's athleticism of like climbing onto things, there's a high probability of her premature death, if you want to put it that way, um, if she doesn't listen to me, she doesn't listen to her mom. Same thing with you. It's just bigger things. It's just drugs and it's alcohol and it's, it's sex and it's things that, that will end up being ruinous for you. That your parents are trying to say, hey, careful, careful, careful. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. This proverb comes true all the time. Proverbs 10, verse 27 says, the fear of the Lord prolongs life. You fear God and you say, you know what? Everything I do is before the eyes of God, whether my parents see it or not. The fear of the Lord prolongs life. But the years of the wicked will be cut short. Again, does that mean every person who dies young was, di- was dying in sin? No, it's not saying that. It's just saying that's a general principle. If you want to talk about people who die before their time, in many cases, it's people who are disregarding what their parents have to say. That's the section to the kids. I want to transition to talk about to the fathers. Um, but I said this is kind of hard, right? Like, none of you are fathers, None of you are even mothers, right? So it's hard to like tell you this is how you should be and this is how you should not be. We could spend our time talking about, hey, this is how you be a good parent. And hopefully from this text, you've gleaned some good things like, okay, don't provoke my kids to anger. I need to not be unreasonable. I need to not be impossible to please. I need to be encouraging. I need to be a person who can praise the good that my kids do. I, I want to be all those things. Okay, I hope you've seen that. You've also seen you got to raise your kids in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, right? Correct your kids when they're wrong. Instruct them in what's right. As important as that is, I think for our group, maybe a better way of us applying this right now is if you look at this text, it might make you upset. A lot of people read verse number four, which says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. And then you scoff and say, yeah, I wish my parents would have listened to that. And you read, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Yeah, I wish my parents did that. They didn't do that. My parents didn't do that. Um, Whether your parents were the best parents or the worst parents, something that you're just now figuring out for real, you understood it when you were a kid conceptually, but now you know it in practice, that your parents are not perfect. That your parents are sinners like you. And some of us have this inability to recognize 
that our parents make mistakes and, and they're probably not proud of everything they did and everything they said. Point number four, the way I want us to apply this is I want you to show grace to your parents when they fall short. I want you to show grace to your parents when they fall short. For some of you, that's looking back at times where they did sin in the past. Or others of you are going to think, okay, next week, your dad might provoke you to anger and do what's wrong. Or he might not be disciplining you correctly. Or he might let things slide, which that's one you're never really upset about. Um, but ultimately, if they let you slide in everything you do, they didn't obey their command from God the way they need to. What I've noticed, and I don't have a Bible verse for you on this. Actually, I, I do. Um, I just thought of it when I was saying I don't have a Bible verse. Uh, you know the story of David and Absalom? Uh, so David was the king. Absalom was his son. Absalom tried to take the throne from him, and he was successful for a very short amount of time, and then David came back. Um, Absalom was so mad at David. A son was so mad at his parents. But it was like David was never upset with Absalom. And sure, I'm sure he was upset. But like when Absalom dies, he's crying and he's mourning. He's, oh, my son, Absalom, oh, my son, would that I had died instead of you. So much so that when his, his warriors came in and they had won the battle, it says they came in ashamed as though they had lost the battle because David was crying about his son being killed. Job has to smack David around and say, dude, these are your men. You got to be better than this. Stop mourning over Absalom. Your guys saved your butt, so you need to go appreciate them. So David washes his face and goes and appreciates them. But my point that I was going to say is it's oftentimes easier for parents to forgive their kids' shortcomings because like this text says, you should obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. But if I were to talk to a lot of your parents, and I said, hey, are they obedient? Yeah, they weren't so much, but they're getting better now, and I just love their obedience now. And your parents are your, like, your biggest fans. And if I were to ask you, hey, did your parents do a good job disciplining you and correcting you and instructing you and not provoking you to anger? I bet from this group of people, I get a lot of, yeah, they did, but they weren't perfect, and a lot of cynical views of your parents. I think it's easier for parents to forgive their kids' disobedience than it is for kids to forgive their parents' bad raising of them, however you want to put it, falling short of God's standard. I want to warn you, as you're about to move from kid to adult, um, you need to show grace to your parents when they fall short. Some of what they did is not falling short, though, and I don't want to get this confused. Like, even when it says, don't provoke your kids to anger, what I'm not saying is if they ever made you angry, they were in sin. Because, in fact, a lot of times when you get angry, it's your fault. When I tell Eden, no more, no more candy, no more ice, and she gets mad and she hits the ground, and I make her angry, I made her angry. Should I never make her angry? Should I let her do whatever she wants? No, because I, then I wouldn't be raising her in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. So, what we're talking about provoking your kids to anger is this overbearingness, this impossible to please, nothing you do will ever be good. Like, that's the overbearing stuff we're talking about, provoking anger, disciplining too harshly. But discipline they should. So if your parents have disciplined you and you're resentful because of that, you're, you're wrong. Or you're just wrong. Stop being resentful. They didn't sin against you. In fact, they obeyed this command. Proverbs 13, 24 says, whoever spares the rod hates his son. 
If your parents did not discipline you and correct you and tell you no, the Bible says they, they showed a version of hatred towards you, a neglectful hatred. Whoever loves his son is diligent to discipline him. Proverbs nineteen eighteen, Discipline your son for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. The idea is with a lack of discipline or correction, your kids will die. So he says, don't, don't put your kids to death by lacking discipline. Tell them what's wrong. Show them what's wrong. Make it painful. And even the idea of sh- don't spare the rod, right? That's, that's talking about a stick, right? A shabet. It's like a thing that you, you know, hit your kid on the backside with. He says, don't spare it. Don't say, you know what? We shouldn't do that. No, he says, no, no. You need some type of punishment, whatever it is that hurts. And again, if you're 18 and your parents want to spank you, you probably take that as opposed to them taking 100 bucks away. You say, bring on the spankings, right? I'll take that, which is why your parents at some point said, eh, you know what? That doesn't really work anymore, right? When you're about 12, they said, eh, yeah, this is not very scary anymore. We should do other things. We should take your phone away. We should take your car away. We should do other things, okay? That's the discipline probably that you get at this point. But biblical discipline is their job. That's my point. I'm not saying, hey, you know, you should really show grace because if, you know, they disciplined you, they were wrong to do that. No, they were right to do that, even if you didn't appreciate it at the time. If they took you to church and you didn't want to go to church and you complained, you said, Mom, Dad, I don't want to go to Awana again. I don't want to go to Awana. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to go. And you complained and they kept doing it. Guess what? They brought you up in the instruction of the Lord. If they talked to you at the breakfast table about God and they asked you about your school day and how it went and they wanted to encourage you with the Bible, don't get mad at them for that. They're doing their job. They're doing the right thing. So some people get mad at their parents for doing the right thing. But even if your parents didn't, right? Let's say your parents didn't obey this. Let's say your parents didn't bring you up in the discipline instruction of the Lord. I think it is still our responsibility, especially if you're a Christian. Some of you are Christians and your parents aren't even Christians. I think... God's word would say it's on us to be the ones that show grace to our parents. Your parents have shown you so much grace. If I was to talk to them after on the patio today and say, hey, how obedient is your kid? We're just preaching on obedience. Like, how obedient are they? I wonder what they'd say. Do they listen to you? Do they do what you say? Do they honor it? Do you feel like your kids support you? Which is a question that nobody asks. You think it's all about your parents supporting you. The Bible says you need to support your parents by honoring them. Even if I ask, hey, do you feel like your kids like you? A lot of your parents will say, oh, I don't know. Not right now. They're kind of going through a phase, right? Ever since they got into high school, they've kind of been distant. They don't really like me anymore. Um, honor your father and mother. Obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Your parents are almost done with their primary assignment with you, right? They're like almost done. They're going to hand you off um, to the world and you're going you're gonna to live your life and you're going to become the Christian adult you need to be. But in the, the remaining time that they have, which is not very long, for some of you it's a year, for some of you it's a couple months, you're about to go to college and you're going to be away. Others of you are freshmen and you're looking that, it feels very far away, uh, three or four years. Make the most of the end of this. You can finish strong. Even if you haven't been a very respectful kid and th- this kind of brings it to bear and you, th- you say, wow, I haven't been obedient, I haven't listened, I'm not being respectful, I need to change. Well, then ask God for forgiveness today. Go to your parents and ask them for forgiveness and then be the kid that God wants you to be for whatever time you have left. I want to encourage some of you to do that. So let me pray for you to do that um, and then we'll, we'll head out. God, we know that your word is pretty clear about this. We need to listen with the intent of obedience. 
We know that there's exceptions to the rule, uh, but I pray that we wouldn't seek out the exceptions to the rules, that we choose to honor and submit and give the proper respect that our parents deserve simply because they are our parents. I pray that we wouldn't be uh, fighting against you in this. I know that some of us are going to want to carve out exceptions and do that. I just pray that you would take away all those excuses and some of us would go to our parents and even apologize to them today for not being respectful and honoring and submissive and obedient. And I pray that we would change today by the power of your spirit as we walk in the spirit, as we seek to not gratify the desires of the flesh. I pray that you would give us the power to do this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.